Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for tuning in on Pure Masculinity. I'm your host, Abdul Kabir, and I welcome to you to yet another episode. In today's episode, inshallah, we will be talking about five masculine traits which every man should have. Let's have the conversation. So today, if you look at the world today, men, there are so many men who do not really have the traits or characteristics of who a man is. A lot of men roles are being redefined for them. People don't even know their purpose of existence and all of that. I'm glad in the last episode, we looked into the purpose of existence. And today we want to delve further to look into the traits and characteristics which every man should have. And number one, let's go into it in bits. Number one is to see that every man prioritizes things. You put things in perspective. Um, make the most important thing the most important thing. This is very, very important, right? Um, by prioritizing things, you're trying to make sure that you're doing the right things, the things that have to be done at the right time, right? Part of the priorities which you should have as a man is your purpose of existence, your worship. Why are you here? To worship Allah, like we discussed in, the, in our last session, right? Prioritize your repentance as well. So uh, it's important for you to understand that you don't lose hope. You don't give up on yourself. Many of us have a past, right? We might not have been righteous from the beginning, but it's not too late to return back to Allah, to fix our faults, to adjust our ways and become better Muslims, right? So it's a priority for you to repent. And that is why Allah tells you in the Quran, Allah says, Right? Allah was saying in that verse that race, race with each other, compete with each other towards the forgiveness of your love of Allah and a paradise. You know, so part of the goals which you should have in this life is to strive for righteousness, to see that you don't give up on yourself, you don't lose hope. You repent when you fall short and you aspire to be an inhabitant of paradise, right? So, and the Quran also gives us hope when it comes to repentance, right? No matter how far you have erred, you still have opportunity to amend your ways before death becomes, right? Repent and renew your faith. Refocus on your objectives and reserve your strength to serve Allah. And this is why um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Allah says, uh, in that verse, Allah says, Tell them, O Muhammad, to my servants who have transgressed against themselves, do not despair of the mercy of Allah. Verily, Allah forgives all sins and He is the forgiving, the merciful. Look at how Allah beautifully addresses you here. He addresses you in a honorable manner. He didn't ridicule you, He didn't bring you down, He didn't make you lose hope. That verse gives you hope. He said, oh, my servant, even when you're committing sins, Allah still recognizes you to be his servant. He says, oh, my servant, who has transgressed against themselves? So when you commit sins, it is counting against you. It is not against Allah. And this is one thing which so many of us do not realize or which we do not know, right? We think when we are committing sins, we think it's hurting or we think it's hurting Allah or we think it's affecting Allah. It doesn't affect Allah in any way. If Allah tells you not to take uh, alcohol, 
Allah is trying to is ensuring that you preserve your sanity, right? If Allah tells you not to commit zina, Allah doesn't have a daughter that is protecting from being impregnated, right? If he tells you not to give or take riba, he doesn't have a bank that will go bankrupt. It is for yourself. All of the maqasid of the sharia, it comes to preserve the humanity, to preserve, preserve your sanity, to preserve your wealth, to preserve your um, intellectualism, right? To preserve your life and to preserve your deen. All of this is very important. So prioritize things. As a man, you should have priority. Know your priority. Know your purpose of existence. Um, don't forget your portion in life. Focus on your career and be successful at it, you know. Build your schedules around the salah, the five daily salawat. It's very, very important, you know. Um, I came across a saying one time which says, uh, a busy life makes salah harder, but salah makes a busy life easier. So no matter what you're going through in life, don't give up on your prayers. Make sure you pray five times daily. Allah says, Inna salata kana al kitabun mawkuta. That Allah has enjoined the prayers on the believers at its fixed stated times, right? It's also important for you to know that when you pray appropriately at the right time, following the methodologies of the Prophet there is something which you will gain. Because Allah told us, That you see this salah, this prayer, it takes you away from um, disobedience of Allah, from sins, from ugly acts, and it brings you closer to the remembrance of Allah the Most High. So salah fixes your life. Prioritize your salah. Finally, on this point of uh, the first point of priority and prioritizing things, it's important for you to learn how to hack um, time using these metrics. And I came across this in one book. I I don't remember exactly which book which I read this, and it tells that you can manage your life using these four methodologies. Right? Categorize things under these four bases. Number one, things that are urgent and important. Number two, things that are not urgent yet they are important. Number three, things that are not important and they are not urgent. Number four, things that are not um, important but they are urgent. So those are the four categories of things. And I can give you a few examples. We'll look, the first two are the most important, which you should, that's the, metric, the, the, the quadrant which you should remain. The last two quadrants is not important. Don't even pay attention to those things. So the first two, and I'll give examples of them, which is the urgent and important. These are the things of utmost priorities. Those are the things you should do one time. If you're doing anything, leave it and go and address it, right? Things like crisis management, things like emergency, right? Something that has to do with life and death, right? Those are things that are urgent and important. So if you don't do it, maybe the person is going to die. Or if you don't do it, it's going to affect you in a negative way, right? Um, that's an example. Another example is projects that have deadlines, right? If you don't do it, you will fail. You will not be able to meet up with the deadline. You might not be able to get the job. So those are things that are urgent and important and you have to give it your utmost priority and you have to do your best in executing it. Part of it is your life goals as well. What's your life objectives? What are you living for? What are you trying to achieve? Don't give up on your life goals. So those are matters that are urgent and important. Um, amongst the matters that are not urgent but they are important as well are these following examples. Number one is um, your relationships, your relationship with people, um, your relationship with your spouses, uh, your relations with your children, they are very important, but they might not be urgent. For example, your wife might want you to go uh, have Netflix and chill, and you have work to do. Do the work that you have to do. 
you will go back and meet her when you have that time. She's important and make her understand. Don't make, don't ridicule her. This is very important for you as a man. Prioritize things, right? So um, things that are not urgent, but they are important also includes preparations and planning. Preparations and planning, you have to prepare and plan for things. They are not urgent, but they are very, very important. I just remember while I was in secondary school, uh, I came across this saying that um, poor preparation prevents, um, sorry, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Yes, proper preparations prevents poor performance. We used to call it the 5P. So in life, you have to also plan, plan ahead, have short-term goals, long-term goals, mid-term goals, and have yardsticks that you can use to check them in a realistic way, in a realistic way. Maybe using the smart analysis. Probably, maybe someday we'll cover that uh, aspect, which is also very important in building your life. So those are two areas that you can focus on. It will really make a lot of sense. So if you go through anything, you see, is it urgent, is it important? Do it. If it's not urgent, but it's important, you can do it later. But it's not important, it's not urgent, do away with it. It is not uh, urgent, it's not important. Like you don't, you don't really have to pay so much attention to those things. So that's number one. Uh, be able to prioritize things. This is a skill you have to master as a man. Number two skill which you have to master as a man is a skill of self-reliance and responsibility. This is very, very important, right? Um, as men, we are meant to be responsible beings, you know? Even Allah SWT told us that he made us vicegerents on earth. We are here representing uh, um, Allah's creatures, the best of creatures. So we are people who are responsible. We take the, the trust serious, subhanAllah. So we are not here for play and amusement. So as a man, you're not meant to be playing PlayStation all night long. No, you need to be a leader. You need to be a provider. You need to be on, all, on top of your game. This is very, very important for us. You need to have the right mentality as a man. You need to have a win-win mentality. You need to see possibility in everything which you are doing. So you have to be responsible. And in fact, even the Quran told us in, um, in uh, Surah An-Nisa, Allah says, That men are protectors and providers of women, right? And it is because Allah has made them excel over the other and because of that which they spend to support them out of their wealth. So it's your responsibility to spend. Don't be a niggardly brother. Don't be a niggardly husband. Don't be stingy. Spend on your family. Spend stupendously. And Allah will increase you more. You know the beauty of charity? Charity doesn't even decrease wealth. The more you spend, the more Allah blesses you more. So be a responsible person. Be somebody who goes out to work. Work, do your best, hustle. Inshallah, Allah will bless your hustle. In today's world, we have the rise of house husbands and she-men. And uh, subhanAllah, the masculine gender is becoming weaker and weaker by the day. And this is not how it should be. A man, the beauty of a man is in his masculinity. A man should be a man. It's the same way. The beauty of a woman should be in her femininity as well. We as men, we don't really like uh, masculine women, like a woman who wants to do it or she wants to be in charge. No. Let her be her baby girl or let her be a housewife, the, the submissive wife which she want, which she's supposed to be. Let her take care of the house. We will take care of her. That's our responsibility. So don't be like those men who want to be house husbands, that, want, that don't want to work. They want their wives to go out and work and cook and clean. Uh, and they will be in the house to cook and clean. <clears throat> That's not what we're talking about. So as a man, you should be able to um, have this masculine trait 
of being responsible and also self-reliance. Be self-reliant as well. You know, as a man, you should learn how to do things, be able to fix things on your own, especially from a very young age. Do not be so dependent on people. You know, subhanAllah, there's even a saying that uh, even your shadow leaves you at some point, right? So it is very important for you as a man to see that you are relying, you, you rely so much on yourself. You can do things on your own. You've learned so many traits that will help you survive in life. So self-reliance is another part of it, which is very, very important. Believe in yourself. Trust in your abilities. Believe in the beauty of your, dream, of your dreams. Seek advice from people who can help you. And this is one of the reasons why we, asked, we started this podcast. We want to create a tribe whereby we can admonish each other. We can seek help when we need, need help. We can bring experts in different fields to come and admonish us and talk to us about issues that are bothering us as Muslim men. So this is very important. Sometimes we should think that, oh, as a man, you have to think over your problem. You don't have to talk. No, that's not it. And you need to also bear in mind that people's opinion about you does not really matter. Don't think about reputation is not what you are. Your character is who you truly are. So whatever people think about you, it's their opinion. They can take you to the bank and get a check, right? But you won't give them any money. So don't be that kind of person that because they are saying these things about you, you become depressed, you wouldn't be yourself, you wouldn't do what you have to do. It doesn't really matter. To wrap this point up, there is this hadith of the Prophet on the authority of Sa'li ibn Sa'da, Sa'idi, radiallahu anhu, may Allah be pleased with him. He said, a man came to me, the Prophet and told him, tell me that which I will do, that will make Allah love me and make the people love me. And he said, distance yourself from the world, denounce the world, Allah will love you. And distance yourself from what is in the hands of the people, the people will love you. Beautiful, beautiful advice, mashallah. So the point here is to be self-reliant. Do not be so dependent on people because when you do that, what's going to happen? They are going to disrespect you. That's the truth. Number three, the third trait which you should have as a Muslim man is um, emotional intelligence. And there's a whole lot with regards to emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence in today's world is like, a hype, or maybe I would say it's overemphasized. A lot of people talk about emotional intelligence and at times they don't even know what it means to be emotionally intelligent. And we saw beautiful examples in the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu So as a man, you have to be able to control your emotions. I'm sorry to say this without being misogynistic or, or condescending, right? It's only women and children that allow their emotions to dictate their actions. Real men control their emotions. And it doesn't mean in any way uh, that uh, you don't have emotions. In fact, sometimes emotions, are, they could be positive and they could be negative as well. And part of a positive emotion could be anger if you harness it purposefully in the right course, right? Uh, a man should be able to channel his emotions in positive ways. Even when somebody is making you mad, you don't break the, the glass. You don't get mad and start uh, ushering curse words and things like that. No, that's not how you should be as a man. So as a man, you should be able to control your emotion, right? You know, and um, there was one time whereby the brother um, was, he said, this hadith, he says, um, لَيْسَ شَدِيدُ that it is not a strong man that slams his opponent down while they are battling, that when they are wrestling. But a strong man is the one who controls his emotions. He controls his emotions whenever he is annoyed. So this is to tell you that as a man, you should be able to control your emotions. I'm hoping, inshallah, maybe we would find an episode dedicated to anger management entirely. So that's the third trait which I wanted to cover. 
The fourth trait, which is very important for you as a life skill, as a Muslim man, is leadership. Leadership is very, very important. Allah's Messenger وسلم, told us in an authentic hadith as well, he says, that every one of you is a shepherd and every one of you is accountable for his flocks. SubhanAllah. So you as a man, you are the head of your household and you will be accountable before Allah about your wife, about your children. So this tells you that Islam establishes leadership for you as a man. You are the head of household and you should lead exemplarily. We saw excellent examples in the life of the Prophet Muhammad and his companions. As a man, you don't chicken out when there's a clarion call for you to lead, right? So start by being a volunteer in your community wherever you find yourself. This is very, very important, right? Start by leading exemplarily. Volunteer to clean the masjid. Volunteer to come out and, um, and, and uh, support in whatever they are doing in the masjid. This is very, very important, right? Um, leadership is also... Uh, an ability for you to exhibit bravery and courage as well. You know, the Prophet ﷺ showed this excellent example one time when Anas anhu related in the hadith, whereby he said that there was an incident of an occurrence in Medina one time, right? It happened that they had a bang in the city and they didn't know where the noise was coming from. So they had to go and some people got up in the middle of the night and they had to go and start looking at what's going on. And the dust has... Uh, Reason over the place. So on their way back, uh, on their way out, they saw the Prophet coming back. He was riding on the horse and he had his uh, sword with him. And he told them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And at that time, subhanAllah, it was in the middle of the night. Nobody was there before the messenger of Allah. Sallallahu so that is leadership. As a leader, you shouldn't be at the back. You should be at the forefront. You should be there to protect your subordinates. You should be there to protect your family. You should be there to guide them. You should be there to lead the way for them. As a leader, you are exemplary because the rest of the people are looking forward to you. So what you do, they learn a lot from it. This is very important. Finally, the last and fifth trait, which we'll hear today on the podcast, is truthfulness and justice. Truthfulness and justice. A man is a truthful person. SubhanAllah. Um, there is this hadith where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah's Messenger sallallahu wa was telling us that truthfulness leads to righteousness and righteousness leads to paradise. A man will continue to say the truth until he is being recognized by Allah as a truthful person. And on the other hand, he said, false, uh, falsehood leads to sinfulness and sinfulness leads to the fire. A man will continue to tell lies until he is recognized before Allah as a liar. SubhanAllah. Do not be a liar. As a man, you need to be truthful. You need to stand for the truth. Lying is a sign of fear and weakness. And it shows that you are afraid of the consequences of your action. So therefore, truthfulness on the other hand, it's a virtue. And it's only real men that embrace truthfulness without the fear of traitors or oppressors. So don't care whose ox is God. Just say the truth. Uphold the truth. Live by the truth and die by the truth. Speak the truth fearlessly as it will earn you the love of Allah, subhanAllah, and it will also bring you the trust of the people as well. You know, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said uh, uh, in this hadith that, um, oh subhanAllah, I already quoted the hadith. So uh, there was also this instance I also want to share with regards um, justice and upholding uh, justice. It happened during the lifetime of prayer sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one time uh, that... Uh, before I go to that story, inshallah, 
one of the reasons why we also need to understand this concept. Yes, people used to ask sometimes, I, I think I've been asked this question one time, especially by the female folk, that why is it that Islam says that uh, when it comes to witnesses, the witness of one man is sufficient, but as for the women, it has to be two, right? And this is the reason why. Because men are usually known to be truthful people and they will uphold the truth. And I'll give you an example. You know, there's this uh, narration when the person last said that he saw in hellfire there were a lot of women and they asked him why. He said, it's because of ingratitude. And he said, ingratitude to who? Is it to Allah? He said, no, it's ingratitude to your husband because no matter how good you are to a woman, and then suddenly maybe you just make her mad one time, she's going to say that I have never received anything good from you. SubhanAllah. So that is how women think, right? They feel, they, they think emotionally. So sometimes it could be that at the point whereby you need her to testify, she will remember, oh, this guy hurt me sometimes ago. This is a point for me to come back and get back at him, right? So this is one of the reasons why it requires that you have two women to be a witness over one man. Another example I could give you as well is if you remember during the lifetime of the Prophet some of his wives conspired against him, right? We had uh, Hafsa and Aisha, they were on one part, and they plotted against the Prophet because he used to spend some time in the, in the room of Zainab bin Tajash to take honey, right? And Aisha and Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with them, they planned that when the Prophet comes to you, tell him that something was oozing from you. So this is just to tell you, they knew this is the messenger of Allah, they knew he's their husband, they were still trying to play on his intelligence. So this is to tell you that, but as a man, you have to stand by the truth, you have to be fair, right? Um, you have to live by the truth, you have to die by the truth, you have to stand by what you believe in, and you don't compromise, and you don't care whose ox is God, right? So back to that story I wanted to share as regards justice. It's a story of Fatima and her, right? Uh, before I go to the story, it's important for us to put into perspective how much the Prophet Allah loved Fatima. Fatima was his only succeeding child. She was the only one who lived after him. And even she passed away just six months after his death, right? He loved her to the point that whenever Fatima comes to a gathering, Prophet gets up and um, he kisses her on her head and he asks her to sit down, right? In one narration, a very lengthy one, some incidents occurred and prayers some people said, Fatima is from me. Whatever hurts her, hurts me, right? Uh, SubhanAllah. So even when Prayer was about to die, you know something happened? Uh, he whispered to the ears of Fatima and she started weeping. And then he whispered to her ears again and then she smiled. And then later on she was telling Aisha after Prayer had passed away. that when he whispered to me the first time, he told me that this is the illness that would lead to my death and I would be passing away. So it made her weep. She felt very bad that she's losing her father. And then he told her again in her ears, he whispered to her, but you will be the first from my household that will come and meet me. So that made her smile and it gave her a form of relief. So let's go back to the story I want to share with regards to justice. So it happened that there was a woman from the tribe of um, Banu Khuzayt Mahzum, right? She stole and Hakwana are noble people. So it was a practice in Jairia period that People, when the noble people in the society commit a crime, they free them of that crime. Like, you know, it happens almost everywhere in the world, whereby you use social mobility. If you know somebody, you know somebody, this one knows somebody, it's just a call away. They wipe away your crime, they release you, and you're scot-free. So that was similar. So the Banu Mausum said that they knew that they cannot go and approach the Prophet because they know he's a man of justice and fairness. They know he will not compromise. So what did they do? They asked Osama bin Zaid, the son of Zaid ibn Harith, 
who was the beloved of the Prophet So the Prophet did not distinguish between him and his grandsons, Al-Hussein and Al-Hassan. So the Prophet loved Osama bin Zayd. So he now asked Osama bin Zayd to go and intermediate, to, to mediate between them and the Prophet to be an intermediary. So when he got to the Prophet he said, this is what has happened. The clan of Banu Makhzum have sent me to come and um, meet you uh, with regards to this woman who stole. And the Prophet got he got frustrated. He was... He was pissed off. You saw the demeanor in his face. He was like, are you trying to intercede with regards to the hudud of Allah? Are you trying to uh, make me change the punishment that has been given by Allah? SubhanAllah. So the Prophet got up and then he stood on the minbar and then he addressed the people. He said, the people before you were perished because they freed the influential people amongst them. Those who were influential, when they are guilty, they released them, they let them go. And then those who were not influential, the weak ones, whenever they are guilty, they punished them. And because of this, Allah SWT destroyed them. So he said, I swear by Allah, if Fatima, my beloved daughter, if she stole, I will not fail to mete out the punishment which was uh, as, uh, which which has been enjoined by Allah. Subhanallah. So as a man, you have to be firm. You have to stand by the truth. You have to uphold justice. You don't have to care whose ox is God. You don't have to care even if it's your family member or your beloved ones. So these are five traits which you need to know, master, and implement in your life as a Muslim man. I hope this session is beneficial, inshallah. Until next time. Please make sure you like, you subscribe to the channels, and I'll see you in the next episode as well. Wassalamu alaikum Muhammad wa ala ali wa sahbi wa sallim wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakumullah khair.